Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to part two of a discussion about decisiveness. I'm joined by Johnny Cochran and Jess Phillips. So, Jess, what about like age? Like, not, not any of none of us are hardly. We're not decrepit, but none of us are eighteen. So, we've got enough life experience to answer this. Um, do you feel like we get more decisive with age or less? It's one of those things. Like when you, I'm, my daughter's six, so she's learning to do a lot of things for the first time. She's less hesitant. She just throws herself in. Once she's cut her knee, she's hesitant as fuck. But I've, even with stand-up, I mean, I'm fucking, I'd like pretty ninja practitioner of stand-up. I'm good at it. But I know so much. It makes me more, because I know the variables, because I know the risks. I don't think I'm getting more decisive with age. I think I might be getting less decisive. Yeah, well, my dad is retired. He's nearly 80. And he will make a day's work of going to the post office, of deciding whether to go to the post office. <laughs> I'm like, can you have the kids? And he's like, I mean, I don't need to have them now because they're they're old, but... Uh, can you have the kids? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Can I get back to you? Because I have got to post a letter. I'm like, the kids <laughs> could do that for you. Dad. They could go to the post box. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that the potentially less... Dis- I, I don't know. I cannot bear wasting my time. And that whole thing about you were saying about women talking to their friends in that study, like that definitely is a thing. And I have to say, I find it very tedious as the recipient of that... Um, like you know when I have to endlessly go over like you know past the initial looking for somebody's house on right move like I don't want to have this conversation with you about which one you're going to buy like over and over and over and over again or like which job should you go to like you know I, I like it like one conversation but don't keep revisiting it for two years I am bored of this conversation I have well and truly moved on um but I do I do think though that women do that and then they go with what they initially thought as their gut i think it's performative i think uh, and I'd, like we're being made to perform that way uh, as if uh, but we're told that we're less capable of making decisions we're told that we have less power we're told that we should like you know like we have to sort of demure about things that is what society tells us and so i think that women will not make such impulsive decisions and go and, and get other people's opinions because we belittle our own abilities as well. And be, well, not what we don't, the patriarchy belittles our opinions. So we, we don't have the same level of confidence about it. 
Um, but also, I think that most women make the decision immediately, but then just need a sounding board. It's not that they haven't made the decision. They just love chatting. <laughs> are, you, are you getting more decisive with age, Johnny, or, or, or less, would you say? Um, again, it depends on the gravity of the decision that needs to be made. A serious one. Let's make it, let's, let's make it weighty. So, so, so one of the things that I do, and this is a, uh, a technique that your listeners are getting off me for free. Okay, you know, yeah, if you want to donate, you can. But uh, no, basically, um, like, I, if I have a big decision, or even if, say, say I feel like someone's potentially offended me, and I don't necessarily know how to go about it, or, or whether someone should take offence to it, or something like that, what I do is go up to someone who has, not, not a friend, someone who has no skin in the game, often to, you have a word with your postman, do you know what I mean? And just be like... Yeah, I mean, my mate was, you know, I was talking to him about this and then they said that, you know, isn't that funny? And just see how they respond. Because their initial response will give you a little bit of uh, kind of outside consultancy without, like, being, you know, biased in any way. And some of my biggest decisions have come from just chatting to someone who, quite frankly, doesn't give a shit. But they're just giving you Ah, just a straight down the line. Because everyone else, you go to your best mate, they have a skin in the game. Oh, I don't want to see you like this again. I don't want to see you doing that. Or I'm thinking about, you know, your family and stuff like that. You, even your wider friends. Oh, I just want to get back to drinking down the pub, mate. I'm not really interested. Stuff like that. Go to someone who doesn't care, ultimately, what the decision's about and see what they say. And they'll give you a very good... It doesn't mean you have to go with them, but they'll give you a good barometer as to how, you know, you can make that decision and then go with it. Because... You know, it, it, it's kind of trusting gut. And if it's not your gut, you can't make a decision, then trust someone else's gut. I could ask Boris Johnson, couldn't I? Don't ever but do he's that. He's got no skin in anyone's game. I could go up to him no, at work. I think he's had quite a lot of skin in quite a lot of people. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> go up to him and go, I've got this friend who's had loads of kids with loads of other people. You don't, you don't, uh, what would you do? <laughs> DNA check. I'd do a DNA check on everyone, including the curtains. Um so what about us as a nation? Um, it's hard for us. We've all like, born and bred here to, to, to comment on it, I suppose. But I think we're quite a unique nation culturally. I know that because it's very, very easy for me to earn a living talking about Britishness abroad. And people howl with laughter, meaning we have very distinctive stra- traits that aren't shared with many other countries. A lot of them are shared with Ireland, but not the sort of repress that diet from quiet repression unable to express yourself to let's go fucking mental i've had eight pints is, is perhaps our defining trait uh, the only other country i've seen that changes that much after sunset is thailand it's the only one i've where i've seen or japan where by day reverent inward shy respectful and by night let's fucking have it um but i wonder when it comes to decisiveness do you do you think that it may could even probably a, a zone in on englishness is there something about Englishness that where we're shy about making a fuss or showing too much of ourselves or displaying? We know the, the vulgar is a very idea, a very English thing, the idea of a vulgar display. It can sometimes be seen as a, a vulgar display of personality to be too decisive, one could argue. And I've certainly, when, when I'm hanging around with people from other cultures, let's say American comedians, Mate, they explain, what shall I do tonight? I'll do this set. Boom, buddy, boom, boom, boom. I'm feeling good tonight. Where's my sandwich? Give me a chicken mayo. And I would go hungry where I'd be too shy to even express my hunger needs. And then I'd be looking at the room and weighing up the, the American. I'm making this decision. I'm going, same with my Aussie friends. 
same with my friends friends with African uh, backgrounds as well. They seem to be better at making a strong decision and holding their voice, but Englishness seems like a feeble reed. But like strong masculinity, like I'm, I'm like all good philosophies and, and ideas. I'm going to base this on an episode of Friends. Um, <laughs> like it's strong mas, like there's an episode where. Ross and Rachel go out for dinner with her dad, who's like this alpha male character, and he picks what they're all going to eat from the menu. To stretch <laughs> the uh, like, you're having the lobster. And it's like, oh, Ross doesn't eat lobster, and he's like, oh, that's because he's like a girly boy because he doesn't eat lobster uh, or something, <laughs> some some sort of terrible uh, gender stereotyping. But yeah, that <laughs> idea of a very sort of American decisive, like American people being very like shout the orders, like even like the culture of like the their sort of cafe culture and things is like people shouting and and uh, certainly in New York, like this idea that everybody's certain all the time is definitely an American trait. Whereas it's very stereotypically British, isn't it, to be like, oh, you know, after you, after you, after you. No, no, no. We're, I'm not even going to decide who's going to walk through the fucking door. Like, somebody walk through the goddamn door. This is so irritating. <laughs> somebody go. Um, you, yeah, that, I think, th- is British. I, I'm wondering if it's fa- it's fading, though. Like, it's interesting. Like, I'm obviously, as you can probably tell, like, fascinated by sociology, biology, class, race, gender. Like, just fucking read. That's what I read for a hobby. And there's massive differences if you've been raised exclusively in the East as opposed to the West to how your brain sort of operates in a, in a social situation, how you view the group versus the individual. One of my favourite studies was um, when they show there's a child running and a group of children, I mean, they're in literally in sports shorts and a vest and another group of children running after the one in front. And children in the East say, what has that child done wrong? Why is he being chased? And children in the West say, that one's the winner. Look at the winner at the front. Mm. There's countless studies like that, and also perception tests. We we do um, we do much better on tech, you know, like fish tank tests or camouflage or safari paintings, where you've got to pick out detail. We're much better at, um, at, at spotting elements of the painting that are standing out, the individual elements. And but from the Eastern culture, you'll spot patterns and groups. But I mean, it's it's hardwired from birth: group, community, collectivism, blah 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 blah. I, lo- I love that in in Essex where I grew up, they'll look at that painting of the kids running and think, "Look, <laughs> he's the winner. He gets a kick in. Let's get." Him. <laughs> yeah. He's got the PlayStation and he can run fast. But the, but my point is my point is this: I like to think that in our past we were like a little enclave of we were more like that like we more particularly after world war Two and all that we more looked out for each other we were more sort of community based we were we which is why we are slightly more i know it's a terrible stereotype sorry to any japanese chinese thai listeners but you i would imagine they would join me in this debate on indecision saying they're much more shy of coming forward and making a decision for the group and they would consult with each other and not you know you go first you go first bow bow i've been in situations where i'm gigging in the middle east no one knows when to stop bowing for example it's like it's a it's a social joke like we would shake the wrong hand or something so i'm i'm wondering are we changing are we becoming more individualistic, more American, more? Are we more like to be, I know what I want. I will shout my order. I will go through the door first. Are we Are we evolving as a culture? Well, it, uh, it, I think... Oh, sorry, Jess. Go, no, go on, Johnny. I, I was just going to say, um, uh, and I've been decisive there. I've just took that. Do you see it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah go on. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you, you know, uh, like, I think when you look at the um, advent of, you know, internet, uh, you, you know, um, in terms of commercialism, 
and included in terms of media and having everything on demand, essentially, is what I'm getting to. People are becoming a bit more decisive and a bit more ruthless when it comes to not tolerating things that they don't want. So I definitely think that that is a case. But what you're kind of referring to before is more about. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How we are in social situation in terms of being outwards outwardly outspoken and that's not something I, I think has particularly left our society and I actually think that it's you know something that has been imbued on our um our society for a long time based off of it's entrenched from class as well you know because you talk about America like America is a ultra capitalist society where it is lauded being decisive you are an entrepreneur you are a decision maker you are a chairman a ceo you know and that is what is king cash is king out there whereas here a lot of our you know majority working class roots and stuff no one's making decisions for everyone in the factory do you know what i mean it's just getting do your job you don't need to be doing that stuff and and you didn't feel like you wanted to break out of that because there was a collective identity based on class, which is much more entrenched in this society. So I think that, you know, and that is just one aspect of why I think that the British disposition is a little bit more. And obviously, you know, the higher up as you go in society, they, and the highest is the Queen, obviously, very demure, very un, uh, underspoken, you know, in term, but carries uh, an... Un, an um, a kind of a quiet power with everything that she does. So that is perceived as the height of that's fa- society. That's faded a bit this week. Well, Daiquiri, anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, yeah. Um, so. No, no queen, no queen, no cry. Exactly. You know, <laughs> j- j- we, we had to get rid, to be fair. We had to. I'm off to making, you know what I mean? We got, it's left, left me there. Yeah. Cool, cool runnings but ain't getting played in Buckingham Palace anymore, is it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, but Jess, do you not think we? Beca- I guess what I'm coming at, I guess I'm I'm, I'm playing to the get. I guess a little bit here as well is politically. Am I just being paranoid? Have we not become more like that politically a little bit? Oh yeah. In, in my in my time, starting with my household and my mum and dad, I mean, you couldn't get more target Labour voter than a manual. My mum's a cleaner. 
Uh, I was born in a mother and baby shelter because we didn't currently have accommodation. So that's where my first eight months of my life was, where we wait for a council flat and then we wait for a council house. I watched my mum and dad transform into Tories based on the mechanism of the individual being allowed to create their own wealth. That's what we're about. I've got a chance to become uh, prime minister. Therefore, that is the best system. I was allowed to buy my own council house. Thanks, Thatcher. And the, re and the rest is history. And we're right here in the current day where we're seeing what's called the, the red wall being demolished. Is it because of this sort of individualism of working class people going, I, decisiveness is like, I want, I know what I want. It's about me. Fuck everyone. Fuck the lazy person down the week, uh, down the road signing on. That's what made my dad most angry. Yeah. The was the same person in our street person. signing on. Yeah. No, no. The person he could fucking see him, Darren, across the road. He's got his toe cut off at a Coca-Cola factory. Had a payout and has never worked since. True story. Changed the name. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> um, look, I think you're. I think you're right that the sort of idea that before. I mean, that sort of uh, extrapolation into how the working classes went from a collective political movement. You know, the entire Labour Party is built on the collectivism of. Uh, the working classes and the union movement that it the whole point is that it is a collective um and that it moves together but in a post-industrial society like there is no canteen there is no you know working down the, at the canteen with the union rep sat in the canteen with you at the coca-cola factory now if darren had his toe cut off he'd just be fired <laughs> and thrown out he might be yeah. put in the coca-cola do you know what i mean he'd be shoved off the boat and they'd find someone who they'd pay one pound ten an hour to put the coke in the bottles um so you know the the reality is is that 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 sort of but that did that erosion definitely did start in the sort of 1980 the the sort of the idea of individualized wealth and the council house thing is is the perfect example of that is that the idea that everybody you know you have to look after yourself rather than looking after the collective yeah. as without question something that has uh, been borne out in reality. However, I do still think that there is a class dynamic in this, in this sort of going back to the uh, Japan, um, you know, uh, people looking at people in the East, it, lad out in front in the crowd, is that I, as somebody who has to live half my time in Westminster, essentially, although I actually live in nowhere near, I live in East London, but I work in Westminster and I'm there almost in the, the entire can, In the time. canteen. With in the, the canteen, with the yeah, yeah, in the canteen, which is next <laughs> to the <laughs> shooting gallery. The lack of community, even in a sense, in that there's a north south divide. Like, I live like bread, like my mother in law, my dad lives three streets away, my mother in law lives like at the top of the road. Like, my mates all live within minutes of me. We all go around each other's houses. We do everything as a group. We go on holiday as a group. Like, everything is a collective. We have kitties for all sorts of different things. Like, I, I do think that there is still a huge amount of collectivism that goes on. We just don't think of it as being um, quite a, as sort of industrial. Uh, and women, funnily enough, the, the, the difference between men and women, the idea of a collective of men, um, that like the, the old boys club, um, which actually is to protect the individual as part of a broader club. Um, actually, women act much more collectively all the time, but we don't consider women's networks and women's um, organised uh, sort of power holding that they have within themselves. Like my mates, if something bad happens to me, they're, they're leaving food on my doorstep. They're picking up my kids from school without even 
anyone needing to ask. It's just uh, there are women's networks that are facilitating women's lives all over our country. But we don't consider that to be a network of power because it's one that's run by women for women. Um, and so there, there is a huge difference between men and women in, in that. But yeah, there's no doubt about it that the idea of collectivism has failed with the idea of the profiteering individual. Mrs. Thatcher should absolutely, you know, take a goddamn bow. It was more or less work. Well, not she was sort of lower middle class, up upper working class. She was a, she was working class. She, she was working class, leader. really. She had a posh yeah, voice yeah. that she put on. I know, and I'm most comedians are the opposite. <laughs> posh putting on a Cockney voice, and uh, so John, do you? But I don't know if you've got the same memories as me. But when I remember that my council estate nanas, the the ones that are in there, I'm very lucky. I've got four of that generation all in their nineties, still still alive. It was the vibe was you did not uh, shout out and go, what about me? I'm, I'm, you know, get on the X Factor spot and go, screw everyone else. This is what my life's about. Fuck number 32. I'm going to pull ahead. I'd demolish that house and turn it into recording studios. It just, it was unthinkable as a culture. The ones in the middle are sort of in between. And then my lot and everyone younger is you go for it, babe. You get one chance in life. It's all about your dreams. It's about what you want. But it ain't though, is it? <laughs> aren't, we ch- aren't we chatting quite a lot of horrible shit every day? It's quite toxic, that stuff, propagating on social media. We are out of time, Johnny's on. We have to be quick on this one. But what do you, do you notice that gap, certainly in two generations? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I get, it kind of ties into all of what we're saying. Um, you know, and I do think that um it's changing so individualism and being decisive within that is being um promoted in the in the newer generations and and for some of the reasons that you said but some of the Jess was saying I thought was you know was very you know very on point and apt like in terms of the collective power that women will have and they will make decisions you know but often it, the reasons being that if you think about certainly men at the top of society anyway, in terms of money and power, they are lauded for getting to the tops based off their own merit. So they're doing it all. I've done it all myself. Do you know what I mean? Whereas, yeah. you know, when you talk about um, a, collection, a collective of women getting together and, and doing it through a sisterhood and backing each other up and they're making decisions, even if it's Sharon's had a shit week, let's bring around a box yeah. of chocolates, yeah. you know. They're... Prosecco ambulance. Prosecco <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that wouldn't come under being decisive, but, you know, if Steve's just banged a line of coke and sold his company for a meal, then he's, oh, yeah, he's, this guy just needs hard hit in <laughs> Now, so, you know, what I'm saying is, of course, the level of decision matters but overall it's what you're making decisions around whereas and the reason why I bring that up is because I think that what happens to me is something that I think a lot of men um, when they think about decisiveness they look at their own you know heterosexual relationships anyway and that is that I believe that my wife makes the far more decisions in our relate in, in our relationship but she makes smaller decisions but as far as I'm because this is the way I perceive it anyway she might be like he's kidding himself but for the big decisions like she's not going to tell me what to do and I'll probably am more decisive on the big decisions, you know, outside of maybe, you know, things like having a baby because she's more involved. But in terms of house, I'm like, we're <laughs> doing this. For kind now, of thing. Johnny, for yeah, now. Exactly. Telling you, fuck, you're about to get wombs on Amazon Ex- next, it, next 10 years. Yeah, exactly, you know. Um, but Just fucking knock one out in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grow it in the cellar. But, you know, overall, um, I've, I would like to think that I, I don't, 
I don't get involved in the small decisions. I'm often told what we're doing, who we're seeing, where we're going. But if it's like we're going to move to a house, I certainly won't be told where I'm going. And I'll probably, because I, I don't know, or maybe it's, you know, self-ordained, but I feel like I'm pretty good at making these decisions. So I'll take a lead on them. Do you know what I mean? We can edit that bit out if you like. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, out, we're out of time. <laughs> My God, I could literally talk on this subject for hours. I was worried it was a bit narrow, but I've not even got through like a fraction of some of the ideas I wanted to discuss. Maybe there'll be a part two. I just can't decide. Thank you very much, uh, Jess Phillips and Johnny Cochran for joining us. If you've come here because you're fans of either of these two, highly likely, please do hang around, hit subscribe, leave a review, leave a decisive one. Let's say for this one, (laughs) one or five stars. Everyone else, (laughs) fuck off. I've been Russell Kane. Goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.